Welcome to Cannabis Health Radio, a podcast where we share stories from people around the world who are using cannabis as medicine. The information is meant to raise awareness about the health benefits of cannabis, but should not be taken as medical advice. Now, here are your hosts, Ian Jessup and Corey Yelland. Welcome to the Cannabis Health Radio Podcast. I'm Ian Jessup. And I'm Corey Yelland. More than 300,000 people worldwide get diagnosed each year with brain cancer, with the highest incidence of this type of cancer occurring in Australia, of all places, North America, and Northern Europe. And I think I've mentioned this on the previous podcasts we've done, that every person we've interviewed on this podcast with a brain tumor is still alive today. And joining us today to tell her success story is Charlotte King from the UK. Charlotte, thanks for doing this. How old were you when you were first diagnosed? So I was diagnosed with a brain tumour when I was 24 years old. Um, This was before I found out it was, you know, cancer, you know, let alone glioblastoma, what it was. I had a sort of cluster of seizures just that came out of nowhere and um, obviously I was admitted to hospital. Uh, they did a scan and uh, which then revealed a tumour. Uh, obviously they didn't know what it was at that point. <clears throat> I waited a couple of weeks for, um, I had an MRI basically, waited a couple of weeks. Um, I had my 25th birthday within those couple of weeks and the day after my 25th birthday I was called back in uh, from a neurosurgeon who obviously unfortunately told me it was a glioblastoma and you have two years to live and at that point I had my four-month-old baby with me because she was breastfeeding so I couldn't take her anywhere you know and you know having my baby in my arms being told you know you have two years left to live and I'm only I've only just turned 25 you know it just, you know, it would obviously rock your world, wouldn't it? So, yeah, big, 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 big shock. What went through your head at that time, Charlotte, when he's telling you that? Do you know, when they said it's malignant, because I obviously I was thinking, please, you know, be benign, just be the best kind of news. Obviously, it's still still bad, don't get me wrong, but, you know, just hope, hope for the best of the worst. But, um, yeah, when they said the words malignant, it's literally nothing went through my mind it just it felt like I kind of had an out-of-body experience it felt like I kind of my my consciousness kind of just left my head like I kind of just see myself sat there because it was just so shocking you know because it came out of nowhere yeah basically my first question was yeah how, how long do I have left basically that's all it was and not a lot went through my mind I was just absolutely devastated and obviously my family were as well and um yeah I think everyone was just in shock for a couple of days yeah and then it starts sinking in a bit more and a bit more but it's so yeah it's very very traumatizing very traumatizing time but with Um, kids it's even worse when you have little little ones isn't it oh yeah yeah for sure yeah because I mean I mean the thoughts that were running through my head obviously was you know why why should my kids you know grow up without a mom you know things like that you know yeah horrible things come through your head like you know they shouldn't deserve to grow up without a mom you know I know that they'd be okay but yeah it's just yeah so many horrible thoughts of them growing up with a with a family without a mother is is yeah not a nice thing 
Charlotte, did they offer did, did they offer you any any treatment at all? Yeah, basically. So when I was diagnosed with the malignant tumour, which was the day after my birthday, which was the 20th of April, 21, and they said, right, you have to have surgery, basically two weeks time, a weight craniotomy. You know, this is all just kind of, I was just diagnosed with cancer. You know, now I'm being told that I have to go for an awake craniotomy in two weeks. And that was the day after, no, day before my, my oldest daughter's second birthday as well. It was my awake craniotomy when I went in. So I went in to have surgery. They went grown and me. This was all during the time of COVID as well. So I, I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to go in with any family members. There was no friends there to support me. I, was, I literally kind of had to do this whole thing on my own, which was traumatizing in itself as well. Especially, you know, when you're facing death and you're all on your own, it's, you know, it's rubbish. Um, wow. So I had my surgery, which was an awake craniotomy the day before my um, first daughter's second birthday. It, it all went well. I was, I was, um, I remember lying there sort of, and you know, they're in my brain and everything. And it was, it was a pretty rock and roll experience. I'm not going to lie. When you're lying there and everyone's kind of in your brain and I have to be like reciting poems and stuff like that. Cause they need to be testing your memory and cognitive mm-hmm. ability and things like that. So, um, you have to be with it as well. Whilst they're kind of, you can just hear this vibrating going on in your head. And yeah, it's all a bit, um, I remember hallucinating quite a lot as well. It was a bit crazy. I think I was on all sorts of painkillers. Yeah, I came out of surgery and the whole left-hand side of my face was just, like, basically not working. I couldn't really smile. I couldn't really talk properly. Um, I couldn't really lift up my left hands properly. Uh, they did tell me that um, they basically got the bulk of the tumour out, <clears throat> which is really, really good news. And when they came back with the biopsy, apparently this tumour had been sat there for five, six, seven years and I knew nothing about it, basically. It started from a benign tumour, basically, and um, I just I just never knew. It was just sat there for about six years and I never knew anything about it, uh, which, yeah, it blew my mind. After I recovered from the surgery, I went on to have uh, chemotherapy and radio- radiotherapy combined, basically. To, um, try, and, try and sap off obviously the remaining bits and that was obviously very hard in itself I was, I was already taking CBD oil by this point actually when I first found out I had a brain tumour I started taking this specific CBD oil that I just got uh, online I forgot to tell you this actually so I was diagnosed on the 8th I started taking this cannibal cannabis oil probably on the 9th and um, just before my surgery i had to go in for an mri post pre i'm sorry pre surgery mri and the radiologist said to me oh the first scan looks good whatever you're doing keep it up and the only thing i was doing was taking cbd oil and this is before i had any treatment or anything like that i was only taking it for like two weeks obviously i've no idea what happened but obviously there was some change in there from when i was taking cbd oil kind of hope that obviously that might have helped remove the bulk of the surgery i have no idea yeah that was obviously down to the cbd so it was during the radiotherapy and chemotherapy it was when i finished that that six weeks of horrendous treatment i started looking into getting you know stronger thc cbd stuff so i started looking into um you know going onto online forums as and they would advise, you know, FECO and um, things like that. And um, that's when I started getting THC and CBD. That obviously helped my appetite a lot. You know, I put on so much more weight after that. 
helped me so much my anxiety and depression because it helps you just to relax and unwind a bit as well and so I, I was on cannabis oil for quite a little while and then because because of the type of tumor it was and my my family uh, basically wanted to me to go back on to chemotherapy so I was doing um cycles of the chemotherapy for quite a few months until January the beginning of this year and um, I finished that course of chemotherapy in January um, I lost so much weight not nice I still got all sorts of weird mouth ulcer things you know where my taste buds have all come off or whatever it just was not a good thing to go on uh, but since then, I've just been on, you know, a sort of handful of supplements. My diet completely changed and I've been on this uh, maintenance dose of cannabis oil since since then. And I've been having um, regular MRIs. The last one that came back in, it was all clear. So it's just kind of about just keep on going, I guess, isn't it? Yeah. When you were fighting the cancer actively, how much oil were you taking a day? It's hard to say. I wasn't on like milligrams as such I was kind of given I was, I've been like here and there with it I had uh, like a a one one sort of tincture CBD THC tincture type thing which is really really strong but I literally just, just took like a few drops of that um sometimes I had got like a little RSO or FECO type tube with um sort of just just THC and I would take kind of a rice grain a day ish like somewhere around that I that's that's would be yeah my daily sort of dose whilst I was going through that maintenance dose at the moment is a little bit less probably like half a rice grain did you do all of your dosing orally no I did I did is enemas not enemas but you, yeah suppositories um, suppositories yeah so I started off doing that three times a day is this with the individual that we both know yeah. yeah. Okay. So that that you were doing a gram then. That's what you were doing when you were doing. Yeah. That. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. okay. Good. Just just so listeners are clear on how much you were taking. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> just uh, Charlotte. Just as a point of clarification, what e year were you diagnosed? So it was last year in twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Yeah. April twenty. You said your daughter was four months old when you got the diagnosis and you were breastfeeding and then you went on chemo and eventually the the cannabis oil. Were you continuing to breastfeed her during that period? No, I completely stopped just before I started radiation and chemotherapy, obviously, because I didn't want breast milk, you know, yeah. radiation in it for her. So yeah, I had to wean her off, but um, which was quite sad, obviously, because I absolutely loved doing it, but. You know, you got to save your life there. first, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Shirley, did you change your diet at all? Oh yeah, that was that was the first. Other than taking the CBD oil, that was oh. the second thing I did. Um, that was after I found out it was it was cancer. I was malignant, and um, I started going online, looking at you know, basically just typed in um, best diets for cancer because I remember you know there's that saying you are what you eat. It just seemed to make sense to me to change my diet as well because I was, it was eating quite badly. I was eating quite a lot of, you know, chocolate sweets, all the pro-inflammatory stuff, which I now know is really, really bad. You know, even things like gluten and things like that, which I never even knew about. You know, I've learned so much since um, being diagnosed. It's, it's incredible, really. But, um, yeah, there was this um, diet called the ketogenic diet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
and that was um, there's a lot of studies linked to that and glioblastoma and there's a case of a man who had an inoperable GBM in his head and he went on the ketogenic diet for two years and it, it kind of moved and it shrank a little bit and he managed to get it operated and he's, and he's still here eight years later and never did any chemotherapy or radi radiation or anything so yeah that seemed to be the good one to go for but yeah I'm yeah. still on a strict diet and I'm still not on this ketogenic diet but yeah. Dr. Bob Melamed, uh, one of the leading authorities in the world on uh, cannabis and different disease conditions, swears by a keto diet in conjunction with oil when you're fighting cancer. Okay, wow. Yeah. Yeah, and Corey has okay. mentioned a number of times yeah, yeah. Uh, on the podcast that sugar in sweets is like miracle growth for cancer. Yeah. Okay. One of the things that we've learned, at least that, that I've learned over the years in doing this and talking to people who've been very successful, there are three things. First is the cannabis oil. And secondly, is a belief that it will work, a change in attitude. And the third, I guess, is a change in diet. You've got to start eating foods that nourish your body, not which satisfy your emotions. Hmm. And I think that is a problem that, Many of us have, right, Corey? No, are you asking me if I have that problem? <laughs> well, you and I like a glass of wine occasionally, right? <laughs> Not me. I, I Not like me. Some wine. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I like a glass of wine occasionally. Yeah, absolutely. It's not uncommon for cancer patients to crave sugar because, and they're craving mm. sugar because, because the cancer wants to grow. Interestingly enough, I was speaking about this actually just this morning with somebody I did a consultation with, and I was saying to them, uh, you know, interestingly enough, these people that are craving sugar who are actively fighting cancer, once they get on oil, often that uh, craving for sugar will diminish quite significantly for them. I think it's because cannabis creates homeostasis in your body and kind of resets mm -hmm. you, resets you back to balance. So we're not meant to be ingesting copious amounts of sugar, et cetera. I, I mentioned this in another podcast, but I have a patient uh, that I'm helping who had a tumor, a uh, vis very visible tumor that we were able to get rid of and it was almost gone. And it was with her grandchildren at Easter and consumed a bunch of candy in 10 days. And two weeks later, I talked to her and that tumor had tripled in size. And that's all it took was 10 days worth of sugar. Do I think that's a normal, in quotations, reaction? No, I think that's a hypersensitive reaction, but it's certainly indicative of what sugar can do. Earlier, you mentioned that your family wanted you to go back on chemotherapy and radiotherapy. Were they suspicious mm -hmm. of you using cannabis? I'm so blessed because they totally support every single decision that I make. Yeah, they're totally open. They're totally liberal. They're totally all for. I don't like calling it alternative medicine because I think that just really does undercut it so much. It's 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 kind of I guess it's kind of a complementary medicine. It's a medicine in its own right, really, and and they totally understand that. So um, I'm I, yeah, I'm really really lucky to have such a supportive ne network, really. Yeah. Tell us about the day that you were given the all clear. Take us through that. Yeah, it was literally not even long ago. It was in sort of September time. I got the results from my latest MRI, which, which was completely clear. So obviously 
them covering them back their back saying you know it's, it's clear but obviously it might come up la 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 you know any doubts but it's like you can kind of just get back on with your life you know you can just sort of crack crack on you know mm-hmm. i'm still going to keep doing what i'm doing i can kind of just be with my children and not not be worrying all the time because it's really really hard to not be constantly thinking of the worst thing possible because your mind just goes into like the darkest places ever yeah, I was just going to ask you, what, what, were there days or times you wondered whether or not you would beat this? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I've questioned, you know, I might as well die now. You know, things like, it really got that low mentally. It got really, really, really hard, especially going through chemotherapy. My goodness, it was it was completely horrible. I would not wish it on my worst enemy. I just thought, you know, just take me now. I just I can't go through this anymore. When I couldn't even pick up things properly, especially yeah, after my surgery as well, when I couldn't really move my left hand or, or smile, my smile was all wonky. And um, yeah, it, yeah, it just changes your whole life. When they proposed radiation and chemo to you, what kind of prognosis were they giving you? Two years with, with chemotherapy and radiotherapy. So I'm coming up to the two-year mark in in april in other words they were not expecting to eradicate that cancer then no not at all no i mean i was on palliative care basically okay thank you you know we've interviewed people who have had a very very rare form of cancer was it jason berger Corey, that had this very rare form of cancer that i think only a few people in the world had it i believe that it was him and uh, that was 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. So he's oh, wow. uh, still still thriving today. So I think, you know. I think I saw something in the past 24, 48 hours come through my feed that he just got another clear scan. Yeah. Hey. Lynn Cameron in uh, Glasgow, who uh, was in a similar situation to you, Charlotte, and uh, yeah. I think she's coming close to 10 years now. And uh, she she gets regular scans and she's she's clear, but you know there's this uh, anxiety people have coming up to scans. Understandably. Understandably, yeah. And uh, but I think what you've done, you've you've helped yourself. I mean, to have a knowing that you had a, a brain tumor when you were a teenager is uh, yeah, frightening just... as he- frightening as hell, isn't it? It's just really scary that I had no no symptom, nothing, absolutely nothing. It was just, just sat there, <laughs> minding its own business. You know, it's, it's 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 yeah, it's crazy. How did it get in there? You know, it doesn't run in my family or anything like that. Cancer doesn't even run in my family. Like, there's nobody that I know that I'm closely related to. Fortunately, that's been diagnosed with cancer. So um, this is why it was just, yeah, the, the biggest shock ever when um, I just randomly had these seizures and the next thing I know I have a brain tumor, next thing I know it's grade four cancer. Charlotte, what would you say to somebody who's maybe listening to this now who's just got a diagnosis of a brain tumor? I would say hang on in there. You know, it's not the end. It's never the end. Best thing you can do is change your diet. Try and become more mindful as well. Help you keep calm. Just just hold on to hope and know that there's so many pe- other people out there that have got brain tumors, living with brain tumors, that have been given a terrible prognosis, but they're still here sort of 10, 15, 20 years later and they're still thriving. Just know that it's not the end. 
I mean, I, I'm more healthy now than I was before I was diagnosed. You know, I was overweight. I was eating a lot of chocolate and stuff. I wasn't exercising. You know, I'm exercising nearly daily now. I feel ever so fit. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible what it can do to you. Yeah, I think it's it, given it you a, it's given you an appreciation of life, isn't it? Oh goodness, yes, yeah, my goodness. Every single day, I wake up in the morning. I'm like, oh my goodness, there's another day. Thank goodness. I'm so grateful for every single day, and it's made me, yeah, really connect with sort of spiritually as well. It's just um, mm-hmm. opened me up as well, big time. Yeah, so much has changed since that, and so much for the better, really, as well. You know, obviously, don't get me wrong. It's like the worst thing that someone can go through, but really, there's so so much beauty that that has come out of that for sure. Your family must be extremely relieved. <laughs> they are. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they're pretty proud of me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm so glad I've got them. But um, yeah, they're all really, really happy. They're buzzing. And honestly, I can't thank cannabis or not oil enough, really. I think that's been my savior. Yeah, when when uh, I mentioned the fact that it's changed your view of life, I think what a near-death experience has in this and I guess when you're given only months to live, it is a near-death experience because you know yeah. from the doctor how long you have unless you take corrective action. You go through life and you hear people bitch and complain about the small things. Mm. And as a result of what you've gone through, the small things are not what matters in life. Right? It's the appreciation you have of being alive, of having two children who will see their mother, who you will see the, your children grow up. That's that. Exactly. You have changed your diet. You have changed your attitude. You have an appreciation for who you are, who your family is, and who others are. And life becomes more vivid, more real, more magical than it did before. Yeah, and I, I totally yeah. agree. I totally agree. What was the darkest moment for you in all of this? Oh, probably mentally. On my second round of chemotherapy, um, when I lost, I just couldn't stop throwing up, basically. Um, I lost a lot of weight. I was really, really skinny. Obviously, I was bold as an egg. And I was just lying in bed, just, you know, basically thinking I might as well just die now, really. I've been meditating a lot, which has really, really helped my mentality and staying strong, staying, you know, with it, not letting my head go to those dark places and sort of having an assurance that everything will be okay, no matter what happens, basically. Well, you start taking cannabis oil, get a little buzzed and then uh, have some fun mentally. That's it. Exactly. It's brilliant stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Poor. Corey's looking at me like, oh, you stoner, you. <laughs> yeah, well, I've created a monster here, Charlotte, because <laughs> he had never touched the stuff. Ever, never. Oh. Yeah, and now. Well, I, 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 I did in the 60s, but uh, it was not like <laughs> the stuff today. Yeah, I just, I think Corey uh, introduced me to it, and it's, it's really changed me changed my life i mean i <laughs> i enjoy it and Good, you know yeah. you you sit back and uh, i mean it's it's a harmless substance nobody's ever died from it and you think what the hell is with the politicians yeah. and uh, outlawing know, cannabis 
and particularly you folks in the UK. My God. It's, and yeah, uh, tell you what, it's, it's, it's hard to, I'm thankful I've got this lady that I know, but mm -hmm. the stronger stuff that, to get, you know, the FECO, the RSO, the really strong, potent THC, which obviously does really, really is, is the main thing. Uh, it's so hard to get. I have to get my um, a family member basically to get it through the dark web. And obviously the dark web is just not reliable. He's been trying, I think, since March this year, and he's only just managed to get some. And even now we don't know if it's going to be delivered, if it's going to be posted, because it's just so unreliable, basically. It's, it's very, very hard to get hold of. And there's there's so many people that I know that would be so better off if they had it, or other people that I've befriended in the UK with a glioblastoma my sort of age, and they can't get hold of it themselves. It's a, it's a struggle, and it is very, very, very sad that this is a, uh, a potent medicine, and it's illegal. It's just crazy to me. It really is. Charlotte, yeah. you've got a great success story, and we wish you well, and we'll uh, come back to you in a few years and see how you're doing. Thank thanks you. so much for doing this. Thank you. No problem. It's lovely to meet you. Thank you. And thank you for letting me share my story. Before we go, I want to let our listeners know that you can help us spread the word about the amazing, often life-saving health benefits of cannabis just by sharing the podcast, writing a review, or rating us. We very much appreciate uh, the help of everyone who's done that already, and we really like the five-star ratings. We'd also like to thank those of you who support the show by making a one-time donation or a monthly donation on our Patreon page, which you can do for as little as $5 a month. That helps to keep us running. You'll find out how to do that on our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Thank you for your support. It means so much to us. And we'll be back again next week with another episode of Cannabis Health Radio. Thanks for listening to Cannabis Health Radio. For more information and to search previous podcasts, visit our website, CannabisHealthRadio.com. Subscribe so you don't miss new episodes. And follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. This podcast is made possible by donations from our listeners. If you found the information helpful, please consider making a donation in any amount through our website. You can also help us share our message by leaving a review on your podcast listening platform. We are very grateful for your support. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. I'm Larry Mishkin, and I'd like to invite you to join Rob Hunt and me on our weekly podcast, The Deadhead Cannabis Show. Each week, we explore the latest cannabis and jam band news and reminisce with other deadheads and jam band lovers about the great musical acts that we've seen and heard. Check out a new episode every Monday.